0: episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. We hope you check out all of our offerings at Academy.com, where we offer live online classes, clubs, testing, ebooks, community, a unique special needs program, and more. You can find us blogging two to three times a week at Academy.com. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter, and we would love it if you joined our Facebook groups. Please like, share, and download this podcast. We've been talking about teamwork this month as our soft skill, and last week I was joined by my husband, Dr. David Nearing, who is with me again this week. Hey, David.
1: Hey, Lisa. Uh, you didn't get sick of me last time, huh? <laughs> no, we're in this together. <coughs> we are in this together, so you're, we're a team. We're teamwork. We are a teamwork, ahead. and, and we've, we've worked a little bit on what we're doing with this podcast you yes. know what our what our vision is what our purpose is our mission uh we've kind of figured out roles a little bit here and it's,
0: we've actually had to work more on it than i hope it seems
1: like <laughs> yeah well it's modeling is a good thing right, right? so if we did that we first talked about what our purpose or, or a purpose was the vision or mission we then began to rough out our goals as is breaking up that that vision that mission Uh, We then talked about uh, roles and uh, defining roles, and we used the five common topics. And and now it's time to get a little bit more specific, talk about defining expectations by talking about refining goals with SMART goals.
0: Okay, so like David said, our next step in talking about teamwork is to really get into SMART goals, and we're going to really refine our goals now. Um, SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Specific is exactly what do you want to do. Measurable means you've defined it. It's concretely delimited. Attainable and achievable. These are the attitudes, abilities, and skills you have to reach the goals. Realistic. These are realities, limiting factors and cost-benefit analysis. And then timely. When you set goals, can you reach the goal in time? Now that might seem really vague, but we're going to talk about seasons and what that all means in specifics. We want to talk really quickly about the Goldilocks principle, especially in regards to homeschooling, as we talk about SMART goals. So, David, do you want to share what the Goldilocks principle is?
1: Well, Goldilocks principle is not too little, not not too much, not too hot, not too cold. You're looking for goals that actually fit the student.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And fit the situation. So the goals that they're gonna have as an elementary student are gonna be radically different than they are as a high school student. And the goalie logs principle means that your kids' brain is eager for a challenge and you need to set goals for them to meet that are just outside their comfort zone. I hear from a lot of homeschool moms, especially with teenage boys, their kids are bored, they've been really nice kids, and they're respectful and kind and gentle and courageous and enthusiastic about learning. And all of a sudden it's like they just hit this wall and they're bored and grumpy and grouchy and picking on people in the house. And in my opinion, that really has to do with the fact that their kids are probably really bored and they need a challenge and they need to get knocked down so they can stand up again.
1: Well, again, that's the case with kids, uh, particularly young boys or or high school, junior high age boys, but really all children, They get to a point where they've sort of mastered the context, mastered the environment, mastered a lot of the basic tasks, and they want something more. Mm -hmm. And if the parent doesn't give them more, they'll find ways to make it more challenging, both for themselves and the parents.
0: Not not always good. One of my favorite stories about our now 19-year-old is a couple years ago, he started taking karate. Now, we're a little bit older parents, so if you have a 19-year-old, we're probably older than you. But... um, Ethan had just started taking karate and David's done karate for a long time. So, so Ethan would go like, dad, let's spar. And they'd go out into the front yard and David would inevitably like just take out Ethan. Ethan would be flat on the ground (laughs) and Ethan would come in just sweating and huffing and puffing and like, that was a blast. I mean, he just thought that was the best thing going again. Knocked mm. down by dad,
1: right? Yeah, he did not expect me to. He's like, still have he's in me.
0: fast. <laughs> 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 yeah, unlike me, not fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're efficient in other things. I,
0: thank you. <laughs> yeah, but but the whole point of that story is that young men want to know that they can come up against something and get knocked down, and it won't kill them. They, then they can get back up again.
1: They need to know they can do it. Yeah, They need to have someone believing in them. They need to believe in themselves, and they can only do that by uh, conquering challenges. Right.
0: So the Goldilocks principle and the importance of SMART goals. And also we want to just talk about the importance of standardized testing. There's a lot of controversy in the homeschool world about testing and the importance of testing. I think it's really important to test and have some kind of assessment loop, feedback loop built in as you're homeschooling because kids want to know if they've achieved and attained something. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be really goal driven and really um, high performance oriented in your homeschool. No, you at can all. be if you want. No, you can be if that's. That's what you're called to, but it means just having some kind of feedback loop that the kids know that they've achieved something and they're going on to the next level of stuff.
1: I think this this is our biggest area of, of where we've grown in our homeschool journey is recognizing the critical importance of actual tests because- The tests aren't for some external authority to know where your kid is at. Rather, the testing is really for you to know exactly where they're at. But more importantly than you knowing is your child knowing, Mm -hmm. because that's an important part of self-concept. Uh, the field in my mental health field had gotten way off into self-esteem. It still is. And I am less enthralled with self-esteem, though I think there is some, you know, places for it. Really, it's more about self-concept. An important part of self-concept is testing. What am I strong at? What am I weak at? Really, no reeling in real life. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people, particularly in the homeschool movement, really don't own that, that they themselves and the child especially benefits from having the challenge and and the pressure of an actual test they need to perform it,
0: mm-hmm. and also I would say that there are really a, there's a big gap between employees. And kids hitting the job market, what kids perceive their abilities to be at is far, far higher—between ten and fifty percent higher than what their employees think their skill set is. Employers, employers think their skill set is at. So testing really gives a reality check to your kid. They might feel really good about themselves and not know anything. That's right. the problem.
1: And, and reality checking is an important part of what we'll talk about today.
0: Mm-hmm, right. So we want to jump back into goals and just talk about commitment to tasks. Getting specific and measurable. This is the S and M in the smart part of a smart goal. These are little
1: promises and they have to be measurable. The, the specific and measurable, that's when we're actually establishing expectations. Mm-hmm. To have any kind of team, you have to negotiate and establish expectations and they have to be specific and measurable. How do I know that I've accomplished what I am to accomplish? How do I know you have vice versa? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, if you don't have specific expectations, you're going to have intractable conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's important that the, the goals, that have to be measurable. Measurable means that how do we know this and that they're rigorous Mm -hmm. so that they're, they're actually thorough, exhaustive and accurate and, and specifically tied to the goals of the learning activity Mm -hmm. so that, so that there is a very definite substance in what is being accomplished in the teaching that is being done. So again, it's important that the goals be specific, measurable, and to that we'd add rigorous.
0: Right. And just like if you were on a baseball team, you're going to have specific goals and they're going to be measurable. You're going to know if you actually.
1: What's what the scoreboard is for.
0: It did the right, right, exactly. And
1: that's what they actually, the team, the, 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 uh, the, wins and losses, the the statistics, all those sorts of things. I mean, you know, uh, baseball fans are always coming up with statistics. Right. You know, those are those are the measurements of performance. Yes, we know people who, baseball fan- <laughs> fanatics can roll off all these stats that are the measurements of success of their favorite players.
0: Right. Okay, so that's the S&M of the SMART goal. And then the A is the appropriateness of a person to a task. We've probably all run into people who were Maybe good at what they did, or maybe not so good, but really it wasn't a great fit yeah you
1: know, the Peter principle is is a good example of that people being promoted beyond their ability mm-hmm. of, of real competence, which that 's okay if the person's willing to learn, but very typically one gets into a place where people in positions of responsibility Quit being willing to learn, right? So that's they're starting to get things that are not appropriate. But in, again, tasks have to be appropriate to their to a person's skills, ability, and maturity, and the role of that person. Um, again, like in with oxen, when oxen are yoked, it yoke has to be balanced to fit the two oxen that are there, mm-hmm. so that those oxen can pull. Uh, equitably and fairly and that's where this is where another problem comes in in these conflicts surrounding appropriateness is a lot of times people want things to be equal but equal is not always equitable or fair as that making things completely equal does not take into account complexity i mean you have to know yourself you have to know the other person you have to know what actually works for them so you know Equity and fairness has to do with equality in principle, mm-hmm. and and e- complete equality does not take into account that kind of complexity in the end. I mean, I think you had a great story about an issue of fairness when you're in the Uintas. Right.
0: Well, and one of our friends had scoliosis, so she had a soft pack. But a week into the hike. But didn't you have
1: to sort out those packs and those loads before you ever started? Before you started it, you sorted out how much was in each of those packs, you know, before you started on the trail?
0: Right. Everybody had a pack and they had their own personal stuff. But then we all sorted out um, all the food and all the other items that we shared in common. Until Mm -hmm. Margaret just got really worn out with the weight of her pack. And so what we did is we redistributed her pack between the rest of our group of five. So she kept 20 pounds and the other 60 pounds got redistributed between the other four of us. And in that way, she was able to finish the trip.
1: That's what was appropriate to her.
0: It was appropriate to her and the rest of us could handle it. Right. So even though it wasn't fair necessarily.
1: Well, it was fair. It just wasn't equal.
0: Right. Exactly. Because we all wanted our goal as a team was to finish together
1: but not only you had to change change up weight expectations didn't you also have to change up time expectations
0: we did because one of our teammates got diarrhea so bad and he had to stop all the time so that really slowed us up because we didn't want to leave him behind
1: so your timelines got changed
0: yeah we we ended up making um amendments for him because we wanted to end together
1: right so these what ended up Being the case in the end is appropriate expectations suited to each person, given their actual conditions in that situation. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And working as a team, you have to account for the people who seemingly drag down the system. And yet, you have to trust in the fact that God has a plan for the drag.
1: Well, it's it's often not a drag, but it's actually part of the greater story. Again, yeah. we said the the small story, our roles and and specific uh, team ideas of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's also a bigger story,
0: right? Always. And so
1: that bigger the the what's happening with that individual member of the team often is happening in the bigger story, not the smaller story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to take, in, take that into account, especially for those of us who might be really task oriented, is that sometimes what seems like a real drag on the system is really God's part of the plan for all of our redemption, really.
1: Well, it's the difference between task orientation and relationship orientation. That the task relates to what we're doing, but there's also the relationship, which is the greater story. And if we lose sight of the relationship in favor of the task, we're really losing the bigger story. We're losing the forest for the trees.
0: Exactly, right. So that's the A part of the smart goal system. And then realism is the R of the smart part of the system. And this means having a realistic, clear plan in your head with an honest appraisal of
1: limitations. It's important that that we understand the difference between a possibility and a promise. Yes. Possibilities are what we dream or might or hope or wish or desire. And a lot of times when people are forming up teams, They want to be able to meet the desires of other parts of the group, and so they might say, yes, I'll do that, and therefore form an expectation, but they really haven't assessed and come up with a plan in their heads as to what they're going to do given their actual limiting reality. So, you know, a promise is not a – I'm sorry, a possibility is not a promise. It's Mm -hmm. important to do reality checking. In all this, I know when I was in the Air Force, and I went back and did mm-hmm. visit in the, in the flying swa- squadrons. They had these big maps out to that they were going to use when planning missions. And these these maps had these big red circles in them that represented what they call limfacs, which mm-hmm. is limiting factors on the missions the pilots were going to fly. Often they were, you know, ranchers with herds, or they were cities that had sound ordinances and and various kinds of things. That needed to be really considered when the pilots were actually planning the missions they were going to fly out there. Mm-hmm. Their limiting fa- factors. Well, the R has to take into account the lim facts, the limiting factors, and people have to be reality-based and a reality check with each other before they make a commitment, make promises to what they're going to do.
0: And this gets back to another military uh, concept of always um, you're improvising, you're adapting, you're overcoming. Because realism, uh, when we're 20, realism looks a lot different than when we're 50. Um, If you have some injuries or you get older or you age poorly or whatever factor happens to happen to you, you're going to have to, your limiting factors are going to be different in every different season. Well, they're changing. They're changing all the time.
1: Right. And again, that's part of that bigger story. That bigger story is coming in and editing your smaller story. Mm -hmm. And so, so we have to actually respond to those things as they come up because they're part of the bigger story. I mean, again, the best stories always have unforeseen events happen to them. Mm -hmm. That's what makes for the good story is the fact that they were unforeseen.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then the T in the SMART uh, SMART goal plan is timeliness. This is a commitment to timelines. It's group sequencing, critical thinking. We're talking about a whole bunch of soft skills here because they all tie into each other. But it's really teaching our soft skills, our kids soft skills by doing them ourselves. And timeliness factor has to do with those little promises across time to get to the larger goal.
1: Well, again, any team, they have to actually, the the team work is, each of those goals being met for with other people's goals in a sequence that allows it to happen mm-hmm. i mean any any large project has to have a timeline where each person's promise comes in uh, the promised uh, task that they're doing occurs in a certain time frame so that other people's tasks can come in if we don't sequence things together we don't have a complex um, project that we can accomplish together it has to have sequencing Right. In order to to occur.
0: Uh, So one of the things we do in our family is we have a weekly planning meeting, often, sometimes more than once a week, because we have multiple cars, multiple people driving, different jobs, a lot of different tasks going on. We have people traveling every now and then. And if we're not like coordinating and sequencing, who's going where, when? um it gets really complicated and we drop things that are important. Well
1: people get frustrated, we get irritated, we we lose things. I mean there's a lot of noise and grind that that happens if we don't actually make an attempt to sequence things together. Right. Again that's part of being a team uh being a team together.
0: Right, exactly. So now we've gone through smart goals. Um, we've roughed out our our goals, we've roughed out our roles, we've gotten specific into SMART goals, and now we're going to talk about specific problems in
1: role definitions. Right, and just a quick mention on that. Remember when you when you have have gotten those smart goals that's actually giving more specific specificity to those roles mm-hmm. is that that's actually burnished and given more definition to each of those roles as you've been more specific about the goals mm-hmm. and so those processes kind of come together that's why you rough out for them first then you begin to polish and define them but there is a specific problem in in role definition particularly in this society because of this issue of role and hierarchy mm-hmm. that people get well, very defensive
0: is- really not. It's a buzzword, isn't it? Oh boy, that can really trigger people.
1: Well, it triggers people because.
0: And it's used so poorly. I mean, let's face it.
1: Well, there's a lot of issues underneath the issue of hierarchy. I mean, people really think of hierarchy as about being power and value. As
0: about power-hungry and hurting people,
1: it can be again when people's focus get off. I mean, remember again one of the words in in the Bible for for gods is all is Elohim. Uh-huh. And that really relates to power. You mean gods
0: is in little g, Not little g, God, God, big G, Creator well, of the universe,
1: right? Well, sometimes it'll be used back and forth when they're the when the Hebrew is being uh, ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But the point is to say there are these powers in life. Okay, there's these forces and principles that impede us and impact us. And the pagan world is really designed around trying to accommodate those, to manipulate those, and to worship those as ways of, of people getting what they want. Mm. Because again, in the pagan world, life is all about power. Right. And when, when life becomes or anything becomes about the power, we've really gotten things askew and out of perspective because power is good but it's a means to an end as soon as it becomes the end it's intrinsically corrupting it's like money if money becomes the end instead of the means of the end you know sexuality if sexuality is the end rather than the means to the end it's you know about the bonding that's part of a relationship all of these things when they become the end rather than the means then they become destructive and pathological Mm. and so that's really what paganism is is making things that that are means to an end, the ends in and of themselves. It's important to understand that in order for Roles to work. There has to be somebody who is actually in charge of actually managing those roles and they have to have the power to, to help manage those and balance those and coordinate them. But that's not because they're more valuable and the power that's part of that is necessary for them to complete that, that leadership role. Mm-hmm. But it's not the value in its own right. And they're not more important because of that. Everybody has a value, has a role that's specific to them. Mm. And if people don't discharge the role that God has placed them on this earth to do, then that role will really go unfilled. Mm -hmm. There will be an evil and a loss because they themselves didn't do those things that they were to do, or they did those things that they were not to do. Mm. And so when you don't do what you are to do or do what you're not to do, that is one of the things that really empowers evil on this planet. Mm -hmm. And the a lot of people think that certain kinds of roles or actions are more valuable and more important than others and th- the fact is that's just not the case everybody has something that they're on this earth to do okay and when they do that they become part of this great story that mm-hmm. god is telling in which they have a part in the judeo-christian world power is a mean to an end and only has value in the sense that it is that mean to an end therefore people who are coordinating the actions of others and ensuring accountability are not more valuable, but they're providing a necessary function. It's like with James and Peter and Paul in Acts 15 in the Council of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. In that whole scenario where you have Peter standing up and uh, Paul talking and, and you have James banging the gavel and writing the, the results and in the meeting. And they all have the such
0: distinct roles there. Oh, so totally I love different. It. I mean, James is really
1: the administrator. James, the administrator. You have Peter, who is the apostle to the diaspora mm-hmm. Jews. You have Paul, who's the the apostle to the Gentiles. Right, it's such a beautiful
0: it's, roles it's, right there. It's Just, teamwork. Yeah, it's beautiful the, the teamwork, teamwork
1: is right there yeah. going on in Acts fifty in in Acts fifteen in eighty fifty five. You have a lot of you have a lot of power there too. Well, the the, and the knowledge, it's, holy it's, Well, the role plus the power equals the authority. Right. Okay. And if you understand like power equals knowledge, then role plus knowledge equals authority. Uh So role, power, knowledge together is what authority is. And it delimits what is a person's particular role in a certain place. Everybody knows something. Everybody has some knowledge or ability that's very specific to them. And that's a huge cue in understanding what is God planned for that person. Mm. They're that part of that art, that God is doing as His great masterpiece, that is this grand stories and narrative. So, whenever you have hierarchy, it's very important that the hierarchy is not about value, okay? Right. And well, the power uh, is specific to the role there.
0: And and I love thinking about um, Peter when he was actually walking and just his shadow cast. Um, actually, heal people. That's real power. Well, it's and yet power. he was so humble in that power. Well, he
1: was he was humbled he, earlier on. He was humbled. When he, yeah, when he was at the beach. But look it. at
0: James too. I mean, he got like when Jesus returned, he says, "James, let's have a little chat." You right. And me. They know knows what that. they're talking right, about. Right. <laughs> right. Paul
1: talks about that he appeared to James, and we don't know. But the point about Peter, Peter, it was Peter's shadow. It was, uh, Peter had his shadow. It was right. his shadow. And that not power, yours, not, not yours, right? Not Paul's. Right. You know, not Matthias, not anybody. It was Peter's shadow that was specific to him. The power he imbued Peter to have the authority to heal. Right. And, and that is Peter operating his authority, which he had to learn the hard way mm-hmm. by betraying and then actually grieving and, really and being, being and a lame part of the team, being a lame part of the team. But then Jesus healing him, right. you know, Jesus has that conversation on the beach where he really clarifies Peter, okay, what it's all about, you know, that, it, it, that, that conversation, Peter feed my lambs, Peter feed my sheep. It's not about you, Peter. It's right. not about you. And when Peter gets that, now he's ready for that second chapter of Acts and, and now and, he can just go.
0: And really, he went till the bitter end and he and his wife died terrible, what we would consider horrific deaths.
1: Glorifying God.
0: Glorifying God and really being the ultimate team player. Right. Wow. So we need to wrap up this episode of teamwork, but we will be right back next week to finish up. We have more to say on, on the whole issue of teamwork as a soft skill. And we hope you're enjoying this podcast. This is Lisa and David Nearing with Life Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. We'll see you, Lisa. Bye, David.